Prairie Doc Radio this morning on the 6th of July. I trust that both of you had nice fourths as we did. It was a beautiful day. It was gorgeous. Beautiful weekend, and we hope everyone listening is uh, ready to sit in and listen to our Prairie Doc Radio program. We're on for half an hour. Rick Holm is our Prairie Doc, and he, as you have heard, he's here ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a primary care physician with the Avera Medical Group Brookings, as well as being a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Joan. You know, I thought we might be starting with new music this week, but we're going to do it next week, I think. And for uh, our listening audience, you're used to hearing that little jingle when we start our program. Banjo, remember we... Right. We picked that, I don't we know, it just out. like it was, yesterday, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've only had it maybe two years at the most. I don't know. Really? Not very long. Only two years? Maybe you guys wanna, you want a preview? Yeah, let, let's. Okay. Preview of the hang new on. music? Yep, Here, go on. for Here it. we go. Okay. Actually, I misspoke myself. It's going to be the acoustic version of this particular event, but this will give you some idea. This is like the electric version of it, I think, so. The reason for the music change is that now that nice. music will also be heard on Dr. Holmes' television program. It will be heard on the Prairie Doc Conversations, which is the minute and a half radio program that Dr. Holmes also produces. The man is busy. He has many things going, and to tie all of it together, a couple of years ago, we tied it as the Prairie Doc, and I thought it was just a great concept. Even though the TV show is called On Call, it's On Call with the Prairie Doc. This is Prairie Doc Radio. When he puts his uh, uh, the, the <coughs> short version, it's also Prairie Doc Conversations. How about Prairie Doc on your uh, uh, newspaper column? That say Prairie Doc? Yeah, I can't it recall. Does. It, it does. Okay. Perspective, Prairie so Doc we've, perspective. That's it. So we got Prairie Doc going really well. Do you know and how now I got we're that? gonna tie the music together. Do you wanna do you wanna hear I'd the love history? to hear how you came up with the name Prairie Doc? So I'm in uh, Boston uh, taking a course on how to get your book published from Harvard. And it was a how to get your medical book and uh, so it was a physician uh, uh, and medical person. Uh, it was a physician conference helping conference you with that on how to how to get published. Part of it is how to publish in the scientific literature. Uh, some of it is how to get in the New England Journal or whatever journal that you want to get in. Some of it is if you got you're a retired physician, you want to write an autobiography. You know, are they worth? Uh, will people anybody buy them? <clears throat> and and uh, the long and the short of it was. It also had an opportunity for people who had books to sell their books there. There was a book, you know, selling. And uh, you had a book. And I and I thought, okay, I have a book. I have the book that I published uh, a while ago. How would I get it published broader, or should I do another book, or whatever? And while I was um, doing this, there is an opportunity to give your spiel in front of uh, agents, publishers, uh, writers, uh, and so there were like 10 of those uh, experts from uh, the East Coast that were reviewing your spiel, and I gave my spiel out, and uh, then subsequently sat in lines to talk to publishers and uh, and uh, agents and so on and so forth after they heard to my receive spiel. receive their input, right? Right, and okay. they gave me their reviews. I got some good reviews, uh, but the best 
two reviews were from people that I'm going to be tapping on for my next book. But anyway, all that said, I'm going through the deal and a guy from Minnesota who had a publishing company who did some medical books from Minnesota said, well, I think you've, you're missing it out, uh, out if you don't go the prairie doc thing. This, you are the prairie doc. Why wouldn't you use that as your, uh, your name to plume or your, you know, your, your label? And Be known as the Prairie Doc. So I called that that evening. I called Jay Van Duke and said, Jay, get on the Internet and see if Prairie Doc has been used and if we could capture it and put it down as ours. And subsequently, we've gone through even the p point of, of uh, paying some lawyers to make sure that it's, it's ours. It's your name. Okay. You how are the that? Prairie Doc. And that's how it all began. Mm-hmm. Well, we're also uh, talk about medicine, not just oh, your okay. publications. And I'd like it when people call in with questions. I know Dr. Holm loves it. If you want a subject matter, tomorrow night, uh, the uh, ProDoc On Call television program will be discussing orthopedics. He's going to have Dr. Pete Luby and Dr. David Jones on the program along with Dr. Holm. Be fascinating show on orthopedics. Maybe you've got some orthopedic question you want to call. But anything, just give us a call. Well, we'll be back. One other fodder. Yep. Just yes. before one we other go, fodder. Before, before yes. One other fodder is I'm, I'm working on the issue of uh, caring for your elderly parent. A book proposal is being written. I've got the subjects all laid out. And we're going to talk about how to care for your elderly parent. I mean, it's it's a book on geriatrics for the lay public, really. Uh, and if you're a person who's getting old, or if you're a person who is caring for somebody who's getting old, then this might be a subject matter for your interest. And I'd love to hear your questions. Well, we'll do that. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 692-1430, right after these words. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. Dr. Rick Holm is here. We'll talk so about the happy. small homes thing well, that you heard about. For those of you who might get the Minneapolis trip, yesterday there was an article. I should have brought it in, but uh, I can't think what they were called. They had a name for them, and I'd call them small home. It was a single a little trailer, kind of little thing. trailer, but not really a trailer. It's set up as one bedroom and bathroom, all uh, and accessible. A no kitchen. kitchen, no, because you. I don't think so. I think it was just the bathroom and the, and the uh, dining or the sleeping bedroom. room, for an elderly parent that you had to take care of, or if someone were damaged and uh, maybe broke two legs and couldn't get in the house, that this would give them a place to sleep for a temporary. It's a temporary measure. You'd move it onto Big your doors, property. Big doors, wheelchair accessibility. All accessible, totally accessible wheelchair. And uh, in Minnesota, they passed a law saying that you could move this on my property without a, a vo uh, messing up with the zoning regulations. However, every town in Minnesota could opt out of this law. Many of them are opting out because they say it's breaking our zoning codes. We take care of our people. We have nursing homes. We have places for people to stay. So it's, it's controversial in Minnesota right now. Really? But there is a company in Minnesota that passed the law, pushed for the law because they're building these little individual units. Uh, it seems like a good idea, but yet I don't know if I'd want a trailer moved in right on top of my property, you know, for a neighbor, uh, maybe for a month, but if it were going to extend, you wouldn't be happy with that. Interesting concept though, but a way to take care of someone who needed caring and well, couldn't I, make it into your or home. Or put it in, in my, at my lake cabin so that the grandchildren have a place to not bother us. 
Well, no, we're, no, we're trying to take care of the elderly here. Come on, no, we're not talking about your grandkids. No, you're no, yeah. no. I yeah. understand, but you can see what happened. That's what it that's could what be that taken advantage of, and I think an awful lot of towns in Minnesota feel like it oh, might boy. take advantage. Oh, you could put it on a boat. Put that's it on it. a boat. That's there right, you and go. float it. Float it out there. Well, it's there just it one <laughs> other way. Okay, the, crazy. The sailor concept. in the room is is got that on his. Well, mind. we mentioned orthopedics. We did get a caller with a question. The question is. I have an inflamed Achilles tendon. How long is it going to take to heal? What's an Achilles tendon? Is that well? You know, the Achilles tendon um, is that large tendon that runs from your heel up to the muscles in the back of your calf. Uh, that is, of course, where Achilles was shot with a bow and arrow, and it disabled him. Whereas he was this champion of champion, and yet he couldn't use his right leg because he had an arrow in the back of his Achilles um, uh, tendon. And this tendon, of course, uh, can be torn, it can be injured, uh, and uh, people who get Achilles tendonitis, where it attaches to the back of the heel, uh, that's just terribly disabling. And it's very similar to the plantar fasciitis uh, inflammation that can occur that m pulls the front of the foot together to the back of the heel making the arch it's sort of like the bowstring on a bow and arrow that makes the the bow and arrow you know my dad and I when I was a little boy of course you know uh, he made it but he made me think it was part that I was part of making it we made a bow and arrow uh, that was the project he just had in his mind that he wanted to do so we made a bow we found the right kind of wood. He looked up all the kinds of stuff that you did, and we framed it and shaped it. And, and it wasn't pretty. It was just a straight thing until you, you strung it. And then you and pulled then you it back. And then you pull it back, and you bend the wood, and the, bend, the, wood has, the bent wood has the strength to cause the arrow to be able to be flung toward our, our destination. Of course, um, that is like the arch of the foot and the fascia, fascia tendon uh, is the bowstring that makes the arch. Now, if you were inherited, inherited not a very tight bowstring, you have a flat foot. And in, when you're walking, then your foot is not giving you any protection. But when you have a, a, an arched foot, you're landing on a kind of a, um, a bow that allows this, the stress to be uh, spread out over the arch and uh, the problem is if you take off doing more than you usually do sometimes you can cause inflammation and the inflammation is oftentimes right where the bowstring attaches to the heel and that can be quite painful um, and people will dance to the bathroom in the middle of the night going ow ow ooh, ooh, ow 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 <laughs> and uh, that's plantar fasciitis okay and the same with the Achilles tendon, that can be inflamed as well. Right. Now, I didn't explain answers or anything, but I explained no. it. You, do you feel like this you want to take, take a break and we no, can come back for the I, answer? Were they going to wait? Oh, well, we, we could come back for the answer. The question is, how long will it take to heal? We'll be back right after these words. Remember when your mom instructed you to eat your vegetables? Well, she was right on this one, too. There is good evidence that eating a healthy diet can reduce your risk of obesity and illnesses such as diabetes, heart disease, stroke, osteoporosis, and some types of cancer. 
The food you eat contains several different types of nutrients, which are all required for many vital processes in your body. Your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings can help you develop a healthy diet or refer you to a dietitian. Call today to set up an appointment, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joan Hogan here with Dr. Holm, and we're discussing uh, sore feet, you know, yeah, sore uh, feet Achilles tendon or heels. Heels, and uh, you explained a lot of it, but you didn't say how long is it going to take for this to heal. Well, for a guy, from a guy who had had plantar fasciitis in the past, I've had, uh, you know, you can have up to months of discomfort. On that the, was plural month, wasn't it? Yeah, More than one month. Months. Oh my goodness. So if you were jogging, uh, you'd stop jogging then, it, right? Yeah, the answer is that you, but those of us who are addicted know full well that, you know, you, you so you have to cut back. And you, you uh, I'll tell you what you, you really need to do with an arch problem, with the plantar fasciitis. People always go, oh, I've got a heel spur because if you look on an x-ray, you'll see where the inflammation is, calcification occurred. Well, you can cut out those calcifications till the, you know. Uh, till uh, the cows come home? Cows come home. Okay. <laughs> and it won't make any difference. In fact, now you've cut into it and you've caused a great deal of inflammatory um, uh, response that is worsening. Uh, so what you, you do is you unstring the bow. In other words, you take the pressure off the bowstring by making an arch support. So the bowstring is no longer required uh, to, to stretch and, and uh, make the bounce of your feet. Uh, you've got an arch support holding the arch up, relieving the pressure where the bowstring is attached to the bow or to the arch. So an arch support can be a wonderful help and people who present with that particular problem, I really believe the best treatment is an arch support. The sec, the uh, the other question is, what about Achilles tendon? I mean, you got to slow down because you might have uh, torn it, uh, you know. And so you just kind of lay low, and then you gradually get back into function. I'll give you what happened to me running this last week. So I'm jogging with my wife, and uh, we step down off of a, you know of an incline uh, into the street. And suddenly I had a severe pain in the back of my calf, or not the calf, but on my thigh. Uh, uh, and it was as if uh, something tore. Ooh, um, and uh, immediately we stopped running and we, I started walking and the pain was quite significant. Now I didn't know and I don't know whether there was a muscle group that went into spasm, whether there was a little tear, uh, what? I mean, it was no big deal. I do this all the time. It, was out, it wasn't out of the realm of what I usually did. Uh, so what, what was my, my next step? Well, I walked it off, and I walked, and then I tried to get back to running. I did it running a little bit, but I laid low. And the next day, I, I ran less uh, and took it really easy kind of bent my knees more so that I'm coming down on a different muscle group. Uh, and then over a week or so, gradually getting back into activity, uh, the discomfort has gradually uh, gone away. So I think 
if you look at most running injuries or exercise injuries where you are you overdid it or for some reason or another there was a tear or a soft tissue injury your best answer is not to quit entirely but to get back into it but very slowly listening to your body and I think uh, if there was a take-home message it would be to listen to your body you need to listen uh, carefully it will guide you now my son who is running now uh, the 30 year old nurse Carter uh, and I need to find out why you were calling Carter Oh, looking for Joni to come and record the new oh, ads. Yeah. We have a date for tomorrow. Oh, okay. So you're all set. So, um, but, uh, you know, Carter uh, says, I'm stiff in the morning. Uh, does that mean I'm doing too much and I shouldn't be doing it? And the answer is no. Stiffness in the morning and soreness in a muscle group that you're starting to use means you're doing good. That's a stiffness that is, a, a, you know, no matter when you're in, no matter what it is, if you're increasing if you're doing weights or you're whatever you're doing, uh, you're going to be stiffer and sore in that area for a period of time. You work through it. You know, you just keep going. Um, if uh, uh, there's no question about uh, the uh, bone on bone, people have found that if you've got bone on bone and half the group is left in the on the couch and the other half is pushed to exercise, who do you think does better? Who gains muscle strength? Who feels better? Who has less pain? I mean, how many times have I told you that story, Joan? Um, I wonder what the answer would be. I just can't imagine. So I think we need to kind of move into it. Now, there's a time when you have an active inflammatory process like rheumatoid arthritis, and the answer is don't. But that's a terrible problem, and you need to get action so that you, can't, you don't lose the muscle. You know, um, we're going to take our final break, but when we do, I wanted, you mentioned rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, people do get confused, the difference between osteoarthritis and rheumatoid. When you get older, almost everybody seems to have some arthritis setting in, not necessarily rheumatoid. Why don't you explain it after these words? To Prairie Deck Radio, we have a few minutes remaining, and I had asked Dr. Holm if he could discuss, he mentioned rheumatoid arthritis, and I know that's a, really a debilitating condition. There's some wonderful meds out now helping people, but that is different from the arthritis that older people have setting in, correct? Well, you know, it, it, when there is a lot of inflammation going on, and you'll see that if there's a bacterial infection in a joint, or you'll see that if there is an uh, immune system attacking a joint, or you'll see that if there is a, a crystal that is forming in a joint like gout. Uh, and, and when it's that inflamed, you don't want to go pushing it. You'll destroy it. Uh, so you need to turn off the inflammatory process. <clears throat> How about the stiffness that you get in the morning uh, when you have been overdoing it or when you're 80? You know, what about that stiffness in the morning? If it doesn't uh, last, um, if it lasts more than an hour, you've got a problem. If it's less than an hour or a half an hour or 15 minutes, I mean, it, uh, when I start running in the morning, if I'm doing a morning run, I can tell you that it's a, you got to work through that stiffness. Uh, and uh, that's a normal thing. Uh, but when there's a hot inflammatory process, then you need help. Now, the, the main thing about it is, is rheumatoid arthritis is like a, uh, other 
uh, severe inflammatory joint problems that can be triggered uh, by the immune system pro problems. Probably um, one of those uh, is lupus. Uh, I mean, not probably. Lupus is one. Rheumatoid arthritis is one. Uh, there's a variety of other immune system uh, kind of uh, inflammatory processes, psoriatic arthritis, uh, ankylosing spondylitis. Uh, a lot of the um, uh, uh, immune system problems are very similar to that process, and those can be turned off by um, often, often a medicine called methyltrexate and sometimes turned off by medicines that are, are the biologics. So uh, there are magic new medicines that can turn those systems off, and then when you can move your joints again, you can keep your muscles strong. Um, but they're different than the osteoarthritis. That's so when you get older and the joints start getting tight, it's probably osteoarthritis. osteoarthritis. And what is that? Just Right. What is that? What is that? <laughs> and, you know, if you see, uh, I, I look at uh, hands uh, a lot to see uh, how they're doing. And I'm looking at your hands, and they look like you've been beat up and you've been boxing your whole life. And you That's know, me. That's Just tough broad, right? There you are, a tough broad. <laughs> and you've got an inflammatory process that's happened with your joints. And I don't know what it is that's the cause. I don't think anybody does. Some people will have an inflammatory process and severely uh, osteoarthritic joints. You can see them. They look like the, the Wicked Witch of the West's hands, you know, the picture f that you remember from uh, Snow He's White. He's talking about my hands. You realize <laughs> that. Okay, keep going. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, don't you remember Snow White? I mean, Of course that, I do. Okay, so those, those terribly gnarly hands. Gnarly right? hands. And then there are people who are in their 80s and 90s, and they have beautiful hands and no gnarls at all and why does that happen so the answer is I don't have a perfect answer for you on this it's a good question but no matter what uh, for the most part if you can move it you should move it or you'll lose it one thing I've been really fortunate with and trust me if you people aren't watching this on uh, video and you're just listening to us my hands are gnarly but I'm so fortunate they don't hurt it looks like I should be in pain with arthritis, and I, I, I do your, move them a lot. Put your gnarly hands up to the camera. They're, up to the camera. Well, camera. I know. If somebody's looking there, they are gnarly. Gnarly hands. But they don't hurt. They don't hurt, so I'm fortunate. People look and think, oh, you must be in pain. I'm not. Lucked out. Are women more prone to developing arthritis or lupus than men are? Uh, I think there probably are numbers there for somebody to share with you, but I don't have them... I think uh, it's pretty equal. I mean, it's certainly uh, you see them in both both. It sections. certainly runs through in my family. That's another thing. Maybe it's uh, familial, you know, something that you inherit because both my parents had arthritis when they got older. They did not have rheumatoid. I have it. My brothers and sisters have it. So it just seems to run in a family. I I uh, ask. I've asked a, a bunch of people that question. Uh, why do some people have? Uh, an inflammatory osteoarthritis and others don't. And their answer sometimes is, it's probably crystals, you know, pseudogout that happen. Uh, crystals form in their joints, they have an inflammatory response, and then they, they, these changes occur. Um, well, you know, one son understand. does have gout, and that just, he's had, that right? yeah. he's had outbreaks of gout that have just been so painful, I really feel bad for him. But it makes me think. It's a tough deal. That's, 
that's an inflammatory process related to crystals that form right. in joints. And I have to think that there, there, there are some relative to that particular issue that causes your, your gnarly hands or anybody's gnarly hands or, right. or not. You know, what, what we is don't it? really have the answer for osteoarthritis, except it does occur. And all I can say is that, you know, if a joint gets worse, 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 so that you're not using it, then the muscles are atrophying. And then when you decide, okay, I've got to use, i got to do something about this joint finally, and you get a new hip or you get a new knee, you don't have any muscles that, that, that uh, can work it, and your rehabilitation is poor. So uh, there is something to be said about um, not living with terrible joints that are dysfunctional from osteoarthritis or whatever arthritis it might be, uh, uh, and living too long when, when you're not functioning with it. You've got to keep your muscles working or your muscles will atrophy and then you won't have that joint. Use it or you lose it. And that just, it's so perfect because it is exactly right. Those muscles will go away if you become a couch potato. So you want to use it. If and you, maybe there, are, there definitely are times when you need to replace those hips and knees, right? There is a time. And if it's, if you, it's taking you down and you can't keep using it, uh, and you can't function in the way that you need to, we have advancements, and they're so much better than they used to be. It's just it's a marvelous thing. I have one brother who has now had three hips. He had three, yeah. <laughs> he had one done in his 50s, and that had to be redone. But yeah. uh, it's just amazing, and it, he really needed the new hips. Tomorrow uh, we have Dr. David Jones and Dr. Pete Luby uh, on our show. It was, it's a premiere show. It's a re rerun. Uh, but it was so good, and uh, I love, I'd love you to watch that show uh, and listen to the stories about hip replacements. And you have some and local so people on there, Peggy Miller and Lee Craddeville, a couple of B-rolls with the two of them. Yeah, be interesting. that'll be so neat. So. Be sure and watch it tomorrow night, South Dakota Public Television. We hope today that you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Joan and Bob, and stay healthy out there, people.